Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome, everybody, back to a new episode of the Blake Street Irregulars, your Colorado Rockies podcast. We are here at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a stone's throw from the home plate entrance of Coors Field. They have 70 Colorado beers, 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Everything up here is Colorado. And we are here at Tap 14. I have the young guns with me, and I try not to think about it very much. We have Ryan Green from 5280 Sports Network, who is grooving right now, if you can hear. I told you, if they're going to keep playing Michael Jackson. There's a little MJ going. I told you. I don't know if you can hear it or not. I kind of hope you can't, because I'm pretty sure that's copyright violation. But nevertheless, uh, Ryan's kicking it to the MJ. He's got it going there. A little rock with you. little, uh, wait, that was off of uh, Off the Wall, wall, 1979. Arista Records. You got it. You know what I'm doing. You got it. So so we got uh, got that going here. We are over here just a little bit. A whole bunch of crowds coming from the Rockies game. Didn't work for them today, but once again, they win another series over the, uh, uh, from the St. Louis Cardinals. Before that, they lose today from Seattle, but there are three more in a bizarre home-and-home uh, home Does it count as one style. series? Well, I think it's like two the and Seattle two. The Seattle one, is in, it's like it's in the NBA. You get the home-and-home. Home. Okay. Two okay, in Denver, okay. two in Seattle. But one series. But why not count it as one right. series? But if it makes confused. you guys feel better, they're better on the road. All right. That voice you heard, by the way, Alyssa No, you can catch her on Mile High Sports. You can follow her. Obviously, a crazy sports girl one. If you're not already, well, I feel sorry for you because you're missing out already. There's but a lot of sarcasm. She is here. People. Like I said, we got we got the young guns here. I should just get out of the way. For 20 minutes. Let them do their thing. Podcasts like, are our thing, man. Nobody wants to hear the old guy. It's like people 40 plus. Nobody's doing the podcast. This but, is the millennial but thing it, to yeah, do. It's, it's a millennial show. It's cool. So I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna try to introduce it and get out of the way. So we have Ryan. <laughs> yes. You know Ryan for 5280 Sports Network. He's here. He's the guy doing all the video work for us. You run into him on the bit. morning minutes down at Mile High Sports. He's the one trying to make me and Nate Lundy look good. It doesn't work, but he I gives, don't have the right lens. He for that. gives his best every time. We just don't want that expensive lens. We don't want to put any Vaseline on it like Cecil DeMille. We don't want to do it. Crack it. So it's okay. We'll just live with it. But a, a listen, oh, Crazy Sport Girl 1 on Twitter, Mile High Sports. And, and next to her, uh, Anilo Piro, Mile High Sports, another one of the ace reporters here. Uh, you two basically live at Coors Field. I'm Second trying home. to get a locker. I'm trying to get, a, I'm <laughs> trying to get like a hammock so we can just stay in the I checked. I've asked before. They don't have cots at Coors Field, but if they did, <laughs> you'd both be there. So let's take a look. And, and, and I, today did not go the Rockies' way. Uh, Tyler Chatwood had one really bad inning. Had a had the walks, loaded the bases, had the wild pitch. The opposing pitcher, who's an American leaguer, we try not to think about that too much, ends up scoring <laughs> easily. But when you look at the Rockies on the whole, still in first place, still playing well, winning series. Time after time, they've only lost the one to the Nationals. They tied the one with the Padres. Otherwise, these guys have been cruising. Anilo, even though this is a one-run game, they lose. 
bound to happen, 162-game season. Is there anything you saw that concerned you, or is this one of these weekends where you're like, hey, it's baseball, they don't always pan out? No, absolutely not. I really didn't think anything much of the loss today, and as Bud Black would love to say, you know, this is what he always says after the game, you know, that's baseball, and that's what baseball is. You're going to lose some, you're going to win some, but the bottom line is this, they're winning two or three basically all the time right now since the middle of April. Really, really good stuff from the Colorado Rockies, really good vibe. They're playing together as a unit, great stuff. I think the biggest difference here this year, too, is like, you know, they've always had offense, and even then, their offense is on another level. I've seen it where, like, you know, Trevor's stories started out the year awful, but you got, like, Mark Reynolds coming out of nowhere hitting 12 home runs in the first few weeks. You got Nolan Arenado, who's always up there. You got Charlie Blackman leading the league in RBIs, the entire league. And then they also have great defense. I think they're third in the league in defense. I just wrote a story about it today. And they also, pitching. They never have pitching. This is the first year they've had pitching in 25 years. And you can see, you can go back to them rookies like that. I think Tyler Chatwood's a little <laughs> on the up and out, but he, the rookies are the best part of this team, honestly. We'll right get now. into Tyler Chatwood in a bit. <laughs> Bud Black in the third inning actually came out while he was having some issues. Did not send the pitching coach, came out himself, did not look really enthusiastic with the body language uh, of Tyler Chatwood with how it was going. Uh, he understands that you don't always get the pitches you want. But the problem is there were multiple times where Tyler Chatwood got ahead of the count, had these guys on 0-2 yep. counts, mm -hmm. and let them off the hook. That's the kind of thing that ends up costing games, especially at Coors Field. We'll, we'll go to Ryan real quick. When you look at the way this is shaking out, I actually want to want to zoom out a little bit. Take All the 10,000-foot right. view. Take this game <laughs> out of it. Even take the Cardinals out of it. Uh, uh, Alyssa alluded to it correctly. When you look at the Rockies this season and you were to say, John Gray gets three starts. Right. David Dahl isn't even ready to play yet. Ian Desmond, their $70 million free agent, didn't even get into the lineup until the last few days of April. And Trevor Story and Carlos Gonzalez, by May 1st, were hitting in the 170s. To look at the Rockies' record, you would have thought it was a joke. You wouldn't have believed it. I still think it's a joke because I can't – I've never been in a world where the Rockies have been at this position at this point in the season. It's the first time they've won 30 games before June. And they're just, like you said, with John Gray down, with some of their biggest hitters not hitting, and they still have the best record in the NL, it's, it's absolutely insane. John Gray, by the way, with a bullpen session yesterday that went well, he seems to be about maybe two to three weeks from a rehab assignment. Who knows how long uh, that will go. I know the Rockies won't rush him because you look at the position they're in, they're doing very well. But let's go back to Tyler Chadwood. Now, uh, four and seven on the year, not the best performance again. Every once in a while, we've seen vintage Tyler Chatwood performances. Yeah. We saw it against Arizona. We've seen it recently uh, against a couple other teams. But it seems to be the opportunity for the continuous control, like we talked about, 0-2 on a few guys, not being able to put pitchers away, uh, not being able to locate when it gets late. When you see that kind of situation where a pitcher, veteran or no, he's not hurt. We know he's not hurt. Is it mental? Is it just the inability to locate? And because the Rockies are first-place teams, I'll start with you, Anila. Do the Rockies have the opportunity to wait it out? I think the first answer to your question is I do think it is mental. It's got to be because his home road splits are just too too drastically different for them not to be mental. I mean, he even admitted today after the game that he – I don't want to quote him exactly, but it said something along the lines of my pitches don't move as much here. You could go back on the tape and watch that, something, something along those lines. But – 
I think you can go wait and see mode, but if you're a championship team with championship aspirations, you make the move. But the big question that comes down to this is if you're Jeff Breidich, if you're Blood Black, if you're whoever, are you comfortable with having five guys under the age of 30 in your rotation? And I'm, I mean, they really already That's got so that right scary. now because yeah. Chad yeah, was yeah, 29. Yeah. But I mean, it really. They're already the youngest rotation yeah. in baseball. It's but you think about it, the younger, the better with this team. Exactly. Like that's that's the only that's so the weird. So far, yeah. That's the weird thing about this team. You got Herman Marquez almost throwing a no hitter a few weeks ago. You got Antonio Sensatilla has the most wins in the NL, and he's one shy of most wins in the entire league. Behind Oh Clayton Kershaw. No, 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 no. He's tied oh, with Clayton. Yeah, he's he's tied behind um, Kuchel, I think, from I don't Dallas remember Keiko? Houston. Yeah, right. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but in the National League, tied among uh, with, with, yeah. with Kershaw. He's tied for the best. And like Kershaw makes uh, 65 times what yeah. Sensatella yeah. makes. And uh. the thing with Sensatella, too, is he's young. This is his rookie year. He, he came from Venezuela where, I mean, I'm sure the ball is a, like ball there is a lot different. And he, he's coming in, and every time he comes up to the plate, I was like, this is a win. They're going to win because he's – Unless the bullpen screws it up somehow, they're going to win because Antonio Sensatella is on the mound today. And I think when you look at Sensatella and Freeland and to a certain extent Marquez, uh, the, the youth gives it conveys some advantages because guys in Freeland's case, of course, he grew up here in Colorado. But you look at the other two, to a certain extent, there is value in baseball in not knowing what you don't know. And instead of letting the course field and mystique get into your head and think, oh, if I make one bad pitch, everything goes south, they look at it and, and okay, you blew one. You gave up a solo shot. It's one run. Focus on the next guy. And we've consistently all season long seen Marquez, Sensatella, Freeman, Freeland. They've all been able to do that with a certain extent where they just let it go and go to the next batter. The short memory... We talk about it in football as uh, at cornerbacks. When you talk with the Broncos, you look at uh, Chris Harris there and he keeps leaving. Sometimes even the best get beat. But they look at it and say, all right, you know what? The guy got behind me. He got a touchdown. Cool. I'm not going to let him do it again. That's what these young guys, for me, seem to be doing. But it's not what Tyler Chatwood seems to be doing. One of those bad innings happens, and it gets in his head. Today we kind of saw that. Like he, he started out the third inning bad, like, you know, the bases were loaded. It got to a point. I can't remember the exact like specifics, but it got to the point where like he had some really bad pitches. I think they scored on a pass ball, didn't yeah, they? Scored like scored one on a pass ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and like it, it got to the point too. where like after that, it started messing with his head. Yeah. And you could see that. And then he, you know, cleaned up in the fourth. He was fine. And then a few innings later, same kind of deal. He gave up three more runs. And the Rockies were one run shy of at least tying up the game. Right. So right. So it was like, I think. I mean, I said this earlier. I think it's a big thing when, like, you got a young guy in the minors who comes who comes up twice a year. He's already come up twice this year. I think he deserves it a little more to be here, honestly, because he's had two phenomenal starts. They just keep sending him down, so he keeps getting starts. And the, the bright side is people, people who don't necessarily know how minor league options work in baseball is you exercise one mm-hmm. for the season. So when, when the Rockies want to go back and forth with Jeff Hoffman, they can. But this is the guy that was the centerpiece of the Troy T. Lewinsky trade. Yep. They've already moved away from Miguel Castro. And anyone who listened to this podcast realized just about how much I love that move. Because <laughs> guys who are 23 and throw 97 don't grow on trees. Nevertheless, he's pitching out in Baltimore. Jesus Tinoco, the third part of it, uh, is down in the low minors. Who knows where it goes. When you take a... There we go. <laughs> there, we, there we go. Got an Olin fan. 
Nolan MVP. But That's right, wrong. man. When you look at uh, this is why we record live out here at Tap 14. Great. It's good energy. You got people coming from the Rockies. When game was the last time Rockies fans were that passionate? Yeah, screw Chris Bryant. No one ever thought it was. Literally MVP. can't even remember because right. that's what's so great. Interrupting pie. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't all that long ago when the Cubs or Cardinals came into town, and you were talking about it felt like a road game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and while the Cubs and Cardinals fans still come strong, giving them credit. Much like those two cities, this is kind of a Midwest city. A lot of people overlap, and I have no problem with that. But it didn't feel quite as one-sided in either of those series as it used to. There's a lot of purple. There's a lot of excitement. So when you look at the way the Rockies are playing, and you look at Chatwood, you look at some of these other pitchers available. Hoffman's one of them. The less we speak about the last part of that two-the-whiskey trade, the Jose Reyes, who, by the way, in case you're curious, the highest-paid member of the Colorado Rockies this year. <laughs> At $22 million. Think about that. That's crazy. Highest paid player on the Rockies, the first place Rockies, is not on the Rockies. But but there you go. They can pay me if they want. I'm not on Uh, their team. I'll take some free money. I'll take a tenth of it. What are you going to do, man? I'll just take a do I get do I get I'll lunch if I go to the clubhouse? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's like I eat at the clubhouse. Dude, I'll be Jeff Bright's assistant yeah. if he wants me to. <laughs> I'm good. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you're talking about Jose Reyes who does everything wrong and still gets paid. That's the magic of sports. In Welcome to Sports America. Isn't that fantastic? Him and Brock Osweiler. Good for him. Hey, at least <laughs> oh, Brock's goodness. playing. So <laughs> there's that. Well, and then you get guys like Ian Desmond. They signed for five years, seventy million dollars. Everybody calls it like the worst trade, the worst deal of the offseason. Look at him. No, he's been excellent. He's in been left. great, and he can and he can do like. And he's been upstaged. Yeah, yeah he's exactly. he's been upstaged by a dude with a and minor league deal. And they've also got a very good bounce back from Gerardo Parra. Yes. The, the Rockies, big free agent signing from the year before, a guy that's a Gold Glove winner in defense, still looks to have that Gold Glove type of, and, and still playing pretty well. A couple nights ago, came out what three for three. Yeah, three for three two nights ago. Basically, yeah, I think he went three for three again today. I mean, this is a guy that I don't understand why Rockies Twitter and the rest of the Rockies fans want to oust so quickly. I mean, How do you like that for your fourth I mean, outfield? Exactly. I mean, he's Goodness. not even I'm sure he's making whatever. What, I think it's like twelve million, twelve and a half million a year. That's really not that bad when you look. You're saying they're paying twenty-two million dollars those they raise. That's double, almost. And it, I have a fun it story. It blows about this. my mind. Gerardo Parra has more than enough fuel in the tank to give you at least five or six more quality years at the big league level. I got a fun story about Gerardo. Yesterday I went to the the game as a fan for the first time this season. It was weird. I loved it. I got super drunk. But (laughs) my my friend's a huge Cardinals fan, like one of those really obnoxious, like woo-woo-woo kind of fans. She she trash talks all the other players. Gerardo Parra, two guys are on. He hits the ball, and she goes, no, no, no. And I'm not going to end that word. But you know what I'm saying. It's on the Internet. We're not going to get sued. We're fine. Go ahead. We're fine. Okay. I'm not going to say it. Let's just say it starts with an F. Right. <laughs> Fudge. Fudge. Fooey. Fudge. I know that doesn't fire start truck. with that. Fire truck. Take out a couple letters, but yeah. it's fire truck. It's It's been a very interesting year for the Rockies because they got they did get the bounce back year from Parra, who can play all three outfield positions, mm-hmm. who can even play a little first in the pinch where we've seen him do that. One of the things that the Rockies have done, and I want to look at it because in the minor leagues, Ryan McMahon, one of their power-hitting prospects who's got a lot of promise. Uh, played third base, has played first base. Now they have him at second base. Under the Jeff Breidich, Bud Black sort of administration, for lack of a better term, yeah. the idea of flexibility is extremely important. You look at Pat Vileka coming up, can play third, can play short, can play second. You look at Parra playing all three outfield positions and first. Yep. You look at Desmond, who can play left and first, and truthfully could probably play right. He did it with Texas the year before, yep. so he has some options. The Rockies seem very intrigued in understanding that Coors Field wears people down. 
And so the more flexibility you have in being able to craft that lineup when a guy needs a blow and he needs a day off, there's value in that. And it's funny because Bud Black's been around for a long time, uh, has not had a, a Tony LaRusso type record where it's hundreds of games over 500, but he seems to understand both the short term when the Rockies have a tight game and he'll burn the bullpen in a tight game if they think they'll win, but also the games that are blowouts. He's like, all right, I'll bring in Oberg, I'll bring in Lyles. He gets the fact that there is a both a short-term and a long-term value to the baseball season. I'm actually about to write a whole series about this. I'm interviewing like basically everybody but Nolan and DJ right now about how this team is so deep right now. Like especially in the outfield, you got, got like multiple guys who can play first base. You got Alexion Marisa who can play like anywhere, and he's five. He's like what yeah. five seven? He's tiny. They call him the little ninja for a reason. But Amarisa has been he spent an entire career in baseball, being yeah. aces, playing just wherever he needs to play. Uh-huh. So yeah. he's a glue guy that fills in. He's got you know his bat isn't all that bad. You can mm-hmm. they bat him low in the order, but he can he can do things, and that does seem to be a guy that they signed coming out. With the mm-hmm. idea of versatility. And I think part of it, too, is the Rockies right now have the best problem in baseball. They have too many guys who can play. Once David Dahl come back, comes oh back, right. what the hell is going to happen to the outfield? He's like their, one of their star guys. Everybody loves him. He's really good. I mean, he he tied the record for, for most consecutive hits to start off a career last year. And that, that hadn't happened since, like, the 70s. And, like, they have so much depth that it's gonna it's gonna be interesting when he comes back to see what these guys do. The target for Dahl, by the way, as it stands, is about the third week of June. My guess is it probably goes a little longer because the Rockies don't have to rush. But you're yeah. exactly right. From what I've heard is like he his prognosis changes every day. Like one yeah. time he'll be like some one day, but buddy will be like, oh, he's coming back soon, and then he'll be like, nah. The thing with the rib reaction, the ribs is, are uh, the ribs yep. are tricky because when reaction, you swing, it exacerbates yeah. it. It makes the rib it worse. reaction is basically if he does something wrong, it's gonna break. Like his ribs gonna break, and like you got to be really careful with that. Like one tiny little movement, it'll set it off again. But I mean, let's go. Let's go through this because in the past uh, ten years of the Colorado Rockies, generally one injury dooms the team. Yes, yeah. That's not an exaggeration. And they're, I thought it was gonna doomed. be John Gray. Yeah. You thought Most that was people be thought it. You you just lost your ace. Right. I will take responsibility for that. I <laughs> he, Is it your fault? No, it's completely my fault. I when he got his hair cut, like to, for charity. Like Samson and we Delilah like, we, stuff. We, okay. we wrote. I wrote this whole story, and at the end, I was like, "Don't worry, Rockies fans. This isn't going to be a Samson type deal." And he breaks his foot the next start. So that's my fault. <laughs> I don't Come on, Alyssa. Okay. Your fault. To be fair, <laughs> not your fault because we knew in spring training. He, he was. This is very yeah, true. And he dealt with the exact same issue, so it kind of seems like it was due to go. But in the absence of John Gray, the Rockies have called out German Marquez. Marquez, besides one little blip, has really been spectacular. He keeps the ball low in the strike zone. He's been pitching very well. The consistency has been there. The Rockies are realizing, it seems, and this is something that uh, all four of us here, we've been able to see over the course of the years with, with the Rockies at Coors Field, you don't necessarily have to be a Cy Young award-winning person. What you have to do is outlast the other guy. If the other guy pitches four innings and gives up four runs and he get, and he's out of the game, and you pitch five innings and gives up three runs, you win. You put the team in a position to take that game. You kind of have to take some of the stats, throw it out the window, and expect the fact that, that any game at Coors Field is its own little animal that resides outside the normal universe of baseball. I, 
obviously, I wholeheartedly agree with that. The Rockies have to play a different brand of baseball. It's not National League baseball. It's not American League baseball. It's Colorado Rockies baseball because it yep. really is just so intricate and different than any other style. I mean, it's altitude baseball. We saw what did we yeah, exactly what did we see? Yeah. We, we saw ten nothing a ten nothing victory against the Cardinals and then the shutout the following night. Yeah, I mean, first time that's happened since two thousand six. Ironically, against the Cardinals again, but it's just so hit or miss because you honestly just never know what the heck is going to happen at Coors Field. I feel like if you keep the ball in the stadium, you have, like if the pitchers keep the ball in the stadium, they have a better chance of winning. If they keep it out of like the middle infield, they'll be fine. It's just the outfield so huge is such a hitter's part. And the other part, Ryan, that we ran into today, and we, we've seen with a few pitchers, the solo shots. Solo shots right. in Coors Field generally don't kill you. It's the walks that turn the solo shots into two, three-run blots and, and so when it comes to the Rockies there is a part of me that takes a look at it and you look at the young guys Marquez Senzatella Freeland and to his credit even though he's been underwhelming Tyler Anderson yes. the strikeout to walk ratio for these guys maybe matters more in Coors Field than any other park not that you have to be uh, you have to be Clayton Kershaw or you have to be Chris Sale it's got to be you, you have to strike out 200 guys a year but you do have to strike out way way more guys than you walk absolutely or at least just get it on the ground you know and that's what i think what they wanted chatwood to do is look at the infield just get it on the ground don't don't leave it hanging don't let them get it off you know high it's just fly balls carry yeah right yeah. exactly so i think you're right it's it's when those because solo shots are going to happen at coors field so yeah. the thing you need to make sure is you, you don't walk him, you a guy. you got to brush him off and right. go, hey, that, that the, happens. Right. The thing is you don't walk a guy, so those turn into two, three-run shots. Exactly. And, and like, you know, Anila was saying, it's just a different brand of baseball at Coors Field. Looking at Tyler Chatwood, because I think that's the Rockies' biggest issue. Tyler Chatwood, 27 years old, the youngest, or I'm sorry, but the oldest member of the Rockies' <laughs> extraordinarily young rotation, <laughs> also the only free agent. Yes. Unrestricted free agent after the year. Now, if this was a normal Rocky season where it looked like they were going to lose about 90 games, I think they wait Tyler Chatwood out. They're in first place. They have the best road record in the league. Can they afford to keep Tyler Chatwood in the rotation when, as Alyssa pointed out, Jeff Hoffman has come up and pitched well, and John Gray may be two weeks away from returning? The only thing that I would say, like, I, I mean, I I think they should get rid of Chatwood. I think they should call Hoffman up. At least, you know, switch do, him. Do you, do you trade him, or do you just kind of bump into the to the bullpen? The one thing that's weird that about Coors Field is a lot of guys don't want to pitch there. A lot of the really good pitchers don't want to pitch there because of its reputation as a hitter's park. And it gets, like, Chatwood's pitched here for a while now that he knows kind of the ins and outs. That's the only reservation I would have in doing that. The bottom line is this with Chatwood, and I think he, he, I think he definitely has the potential to be that standout starter. We've seen it on the road with his ERA of under two last season. He tries to make the perfect pitch every single time, and he's even admitted to that. You just got to learn how to have fun and throw your pitches. You don't need to pin it on the outside corner every time. Your natural break is going to do that, allow the swing and miss pitches. But, I mean, back to the question here is he's too good to just throw away like that and trade. I think he has the value. He has the road ability. You can't just have him start road games. You can't do that. But I think there is definitely a value. There's definitely a spot for Tyler Chatwood on this team. I think I think the biggest thing is he deserves to be a part of a winning Rockies team. I mean, he's been the guy outside of, you think him, Cargo, I mean, who else? Arenado, those are the guys, the staples. DJ. That right. have, yeah, DJ that have been here through thick and thin. Right. And now it's starting to all kind of come to form. But listen, I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy, but he has to start produce. Championship teams have championship aspirations. He's I not think there. the best thing we can do here is send Chatwood down for a little bit. Send 
get him to AAA, get him some good you'd starts. Se- you'd send him down, not move him to the bullpen, but send him down. I'd send him down, just like get him consistently starting. That's what they're doing with Hoffman. That's why they call him up for one game at a time. They want him to keep starting so that when he comes up, he's used to playing, you know, six innings or whatever. Switch him, call Hoffman up, send Chatwood down for maybe like a month or something. Get get him to work out the kinks and see if that works. It gets interesting when you look at the Rockies going forward now because Gray is getting closer. Dahl is getting closer. This team has talent, and that talent is increasing. I I think there's still a lot of Rockies fans that look at this team, and uh, maybe they're they're casual Rockies fans. They don't necessarily follow baseball uh, nuts and bolts and Uh and the grand uh, sort of trends that, that, that create over the course of the season. When you get to June and you're in first place, that's enough games played where you're no longer a fluke. So uh, for the Rockies going forward, now that we, let's just presume, they're not a fluke. They're contenders. They're going to stay in this. Let's go to Carlos Gonzalez, whose contract situation oh is going boy. to be yes. problematic oh sooner rather than later. Let's now, talk about that. There have been a lot of concepts of saying trade cargo so it didn't stay or whatever. Now, I take a look at it. Knowing the Rockies don't have years like this, I would be willing to do what the Denver Nuggets did with Danilo Gallinari, who is also a free agent after the end of the year. And truthfully, once he gets the free agent market, probably is not coming back. But if you are all in and say we have a chance to make some noise in the postseason, do you keep Gargo? Do you keep all the guys that you could potentially trade and say, you know what, if we lose him at the end of the year, we lose him. But we show our fans... So we're willing to go for it, and then to make it more complicated. Are you showing Nolan Arenado? Maybe we don't get there every year, but when we do, we're willing to gamble on even losing guys at the end of the year because we'll go all in when we know we have a team to compete. Yeah, I think it's a very valid point. Um, I think there goes, there's going to be a lot of different things that go into what they want to do with Cargo. First off, I think if they were going to trade him last year was the time to do it. His, he, he was well, as hot Rockies as he's ever been. notorious for trading it, a year late. Exactly. Hi, Dexter Fowler. Yeah. But, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Even Troy Whiskey for that matter, if we're being honest. Um, but, I mean, listen, Cargo was just on fire last year. They were not a good ball club last year. You could tell they were on the cusp, but I think even if Cargo wasn't on this roster day one, I think they're still just as good because he really hasn't had that much value to them this season. I think, you know, if you plug in another guy, I don't think it makes a difference necessarily right now. Now, Carlos Gonzalez is Carlos Gonzalez. He's going to hit. He's going to do his thing. So you got to keep him on the team. And I, the thing the thing is, I think he's here long term. I don't think I see him going anywhere for the next but four even or five if years. He did, thing, yes. Even if he didn't, you'd want to keep him. I think so. Because of the message it sends to the fan yes. base and Arenado, who wants to stay, want the Rockies want to sign to a long term commitment. I'm going to compare him to Tulowitz right now. I thought the Tulo trade was a great trade. Like you said, they got Jeff Hoffman out of it. Tulo was always Jose hurt. Reyes. Yeah, well, they, Tulo was always hurt. Okay. He, he was eating up like $13 million a year. He was a waste of money. I think it was a great job. Cargo is another one of those franchise guys. He's been here for a long time. He and, I mean, when he's on, he and Nolan complement each other really, really well. Well, we've seen him on. Yeah. He, hit, he hit over 380 on the last road trip. And, it, you know, like, this, th- you could say, yeah, no, he's had a bad start to the year or whatever. This game is a year of, this game is a game of ups and downs. It ebbs and flows. He's kind of starting to get back to old cargo, and we're seeing that the past few games. I don't think – I think it's too early to trade him or to get rid of him because he's such, like, a face for the franchise. Him and Nolan are, like, the faces of the team, basically. And that'll just piss fans off if they get rid of him. Ryan, when, when Troy Tulowitzki was traded, and I, I totally get Alyssa's point, I, I think that – I didn't love the deal, but I thought the deal had to happen. So I, I think that was the right choice. 
But Nolan Arenado was very upset by that. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he and Tulo were close. They, they worked out together in the offseason. They were close by that. Is, is that the risk you run if you were to, say, trade cargo because he might leave after the year? That you, you really don't want to tra- uh, do anything that upsets Arenado, especially when you know that when cargo is on, this is an MVP caliber guy. Keep in mind, Nolan's contract goes up in 2019, so they, they need to make him happy. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, he's got the arbitration year, but after that. So, yeah. so the thing with Tulo and Cargo is I thought that Tulo is still one of the best shortstops in the game. I don't know if you can say the same about Cargo. I don't know if he has that same type of value to the team. But what you're saying to Nolan if Cargo goes is that the most valuable player is the one that we're probably shopping around and the one that teams like the most. So, and, yes. And the, and then the subtext is because we want to save money. Right. Like it's, the Tulowitzki deal. Exactly. So, I, I think when you – when it comes to Arenado, I mean, that's just it, – it's a generational talent. You do everything you can to keep him happy and on the team. What, if that is keeping cargo, and I'm with you guys, I think it's too early. I think – one good year doesn't mean like, all right, well, let's go for the championship. Sometimes you get to the playoffs, learn a lesson, and then come back the next year. Well, I don't think you need to be aiming for championships. Statement. All at, of a right, sudden, you look at a, you, you say, okay, we have DJ LeMayhew and Nolan Arenado and, and Trevor oh, Story and John Gray, and we, we keep Gray, uh, we keep Greg Holland and, and all those guys. That, uh, Charlie Blackman's leading the league in, yeah. in RBI. He's a leadoff guy. It's ridiculous. A quarter of his at-bats don't have anybody on. It's remarkable. You do wonder if the Rockies, what the Rockies need to send, I think, to Arenado is the idea that we are actually not afraid to spend money. This is a good team, and we're augmenting it, not trying to keep it on a budget. And Neil has something to say, but I'm just going to say this really quick. Nolan Arenado is like the Bryce Harper of third base. Yes, like you, you never see this. You, like I talked to Chris Bryant last earlier this year. He was the MVP last year. He told me, "I wish I could be more like Nolan Arenado." Like that's how good this guy is. The MVP wants to be more like him. Absolutely. Nolan Arenado. Was Chris Bryant, by the way, uh, would have been the Rockies' draft pick. Yes. If that draft had gone the way they expected, and instead the Rockies ended up with John Gray, but they they had they had expected that Chris Bryant. I would have been there for them. That was the team. That was the guy they expected to select. I'll take John Gray any day, though. I think it's John Gray's going to develop into a hell of a pitcher. And uh, you can find hitters for that'll come and exactly. hit in Colorado. Right. I, th- I think the big picture with the Colorado Rockies this year, and going back to the two low trade and bringing in Jose Reyes, I think that was a must and whatnot. But this is Jeff Breidich's team, and I think that Colorado Rockies fans are not used to a dedicated GM. And I've been an advocate of Breidich's. I think he has done an absolutely fantastic job at cutting ties when he's needed to, bringing in the right kind of guys, the right core guys. So I think Arenado will be here long term. I really wholeheartedly believe that. The way Jeff Breidich has constructed this team, I, he's going to take care of it. He knows what he's doing. Trust they, the process with him. They need to give him a Desmond-like deal, if not more. No one no will get $400 oh, million. No, no, one's gonna, no one's, the, the bidding starts at $300 million. I was going to say, no, no one needs to Nolan. be like, this is like your all-in he's, guy. He's, right. in, he's in the he Giancarlo Stanton yes. level of contract. You have That's to. Anything. You do not, yeah, like, like, like Ryan said, you do not let him go. He and, is too and, and valuable. And the way to right. fix that is you don't lowball him. Yeah, no, yeah. you go all in. Even if he's your just a Hall of Fame player for you, like I'll take that. You can't let him go. No. If you're it's, gonna arbit- if he has the arbitration year, highball him. Yes. Like for yeah. the love of God, just give like him we'll as they, much. We'll, we'll scrap they, arbitration and give you this long. Right. Deal they did extend them yeah. through Be the like, two right. years of arbitration. Right. Get these billionaires. How much money yeah. do you have? Do you want to spend all of it on him? Do it. 
Yeah, that's, do it. That's, no that's fan is going to be upset. And, no. and, and that's a player who, quite frankly, much like Troy Tulowitzki, who was a little disappointed when he was traded, uh, wants to be here yeah. in Colorado. Yes. Wants to be. Th- there is one thing, and, and I'll go over to basketball with it. There is one thing when you're LeBron James and you go to Miami and you, you win a championship, you're a link in the chain. They've won championships yeah. before. Yep. It's a different thing when you're LeBron James and you go back to Cleveland and you win it. Yeah. That's a, that that de- redefines the legacy exactly. that you have when you've taken a team that's never done it and you get them there. And I think Nolan Arenado is that kind of guy that he 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 would like to be able to say at the end of his career, I was the alpha, I was the guy that took this team to the promised land. And if that's the case, that's the guy you pony up for. No one no Arenado wants to become the John Elway of the Colorado Rockies. That's yeah. exactly what it is. And well, the Rockies don't have that marquee guy, that marquee And if I'm name. Jeff Breidich and that's the sales pitch, yeah. that's the one he comes to me and says, I want to right. be the John Elway. And like, all right, hang on, let me get my check. No one <laughs> might have a better arm. What like, is it? <laughs> John had a pretty good arm when you know, the Yankees brought him in back yes, in the yes, day. Yeah, but uh, Nolan. But no, I've, I've never, I've, Nolan, Nolan's the closest thing I've seen to Brooks Robinson. So I have a challenge. Uh, and I'm not that old. Oh I have a challenge gosh. for all but, the fans you know, watching. The all the fans who are watching Nolan Arenado. If they're at the game, if they're along the first baseline, every time he makes a, a barehanded play that he's going to make at least like three times a game, look at the other dugout. See what their expressions are. We yeah. don't, we can't do that from the press box, but I just want to see what their expressions oh, it's, are. It's because like when it's Steph amazing. Curry hits a three, five feet behind the line. Even the other team's like, yeah. put their hand, they're like behind the line. like, what is that? Uh, there was a Giants game, and I forget who they were playing, but there was a play at third base that was just tough to make. And even the Giants announcer said, no one, no third baseman is going to make that play, uh, except maybe Nolan Arenado. <laughs> so, the league knows how good this yeah. guy is, and like you said, bidding starts at three hundred million. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Earlier in the year, when they were in San Diego, uh, the San Diego broadcasting team actually said that nobody makes that play except for Nolan except Arenado. For Nolan. I've talked to a few players and a few managers who are like. You know what? If we're not playing and the Rockies are on, I'm going to watch it's the Rockies watch. because I want to watch Nolan. It's he's not human even highlight reel. Like they probably don't give a crap about the rest of the team. Right. They want to watch Nolan, yep. and he's like the highlight reel for all third basemen ever. Yeah, it's special. <laughs> the the game against uh, St. Louis this weekend, Gray speared a uh, backhander from Yadier Molina. That was the and had enough so time baller. to actually just stare at Yadi for it's a second. Like he appreciated his own grab. And then, like, then wow, that was yeah, good. then then kind of look it over, yeah. and even Molina. They kind of reach for the cap. He's like, nah, all right, what Damn. am I going to do? <laughs> so, like, uh, great, greatness recognizes greatness, and yeah. uh, it, it's special. So this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I've been I've been around for a long time in media, and uh, I won't claim to be great, but I do recognize it when I see it. So having these three folks here, like I said, the young guns, uh, that means an awful lot to me. Ryan Appreciate Green, it. 5280 Sports Network. Uh, you know, he, it's not his fault if I look really bad on YouTube. <laughs> it's not him. They blame my parents. It's not me. <laughs> I tried my best. You know, it's, it's his. I, I couldn't do anything about it. No matter color filters. Green, 5280 at Twitter. Make sure you check him out. Crazy Sport Girl 1. Uh, that, that's a listen. Oh, you want to check her out. Mile High Sports. Obviously, that's where Nate Lundy and I are every Monday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. So just stick right there. Go ahead and listen to it on the podcast in the background and then read her stuff and catch up because it's okay if you ignore us. We don't actually know. We won't know. Don't tell us. It's fine. And then you have Anilo Piro, uh, which you find him at A Piro MHS. Uh, these two are the, are the ones handling the Rockies here. So uh, they, all three of you, thank you so much for being here. Right. Obviously, we are live right here at Tap 14. This is the place you want to go before 
and after the game. 70 Colorado beers, 100 Colorado distilled spirits, everything up here. Food, drink, all of it. Cornhole, Colorado-based. Corn it's fantastic. <laughs> Boy, we, yeah, we had some. Uh, Tray of nachos. Chipotle chicken nachos. Yeah. The kick-ass have uh, I'm, I'm having the first cast IPA. Yeah, but like, yeah, it's um, we've been enjoying the entire time up here, up on the rooftop. So, you know, you come out and join us. Uh, once or twice a month, every month we come out and we record this live, just like we're doing right now. Get a round table and you get to hear a whole bunch of people that are not me. So you go, <laughs> man, that's so much better than that guy. So, uh, Anil, thank you. Thank Listen, you. thank you. Ryan, thank you. Make sure you follow them all on Twitter. I'll make sure I send that out so you can catch them there. In the meantime, uh, welcome to Tap 14. Come on by when you get a chance. This is the Blake Shooter Regulars of 5280 Sports Network Production.